Greetings and salutations, everyone. This is episode 81 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam Brennan, and I am joined yet again by Dave Hogue. How are you, sir? Wonderful. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm good. I'm excited. We got, lot, we got some fun stuff to open the show with. Yeah. Are we ready? Are we ready to drop the secret that we have not mentioned once ever before? Mm. This is breaking news, folks. <laughs> that was supposed to be news music, and it just turned into like video game gunshots. <laughs> I am not a sound effects guy, unfortunately. But I'm going to redeem that by uh, announcing something that I'm really excited about. Dave, are you excited about Very, it? Very, yes. Okay. Super Megacorp is launching right now. In fact, it just launched like five minutes ago as we record this, our very own Patreon page. What is that, Cam? Uh, Patreon. Thanks for asking, Dave. Such a professional. Uh, Patreon is a really cool crowdfunding um, service online that allows you to have kind of like your own members only club on the internet. And so essentially uh, what Patreon allows us to do is to offer rewards in return for a monthly subscription. Now our monthly subscriptions start at $1 a month. Wow. $1 a month. And they go all the way up to $50 a month. I think we have one, three, five, 10, 20, and 50, I believe. So that's what six rewards, um, and then what you get in return for your one to fifty dollars are some pretty cool things that you're gonna have to go check out on our Patreon page because I want you guys to go there to at least read it. Um, so if you go to Patreon.com/slash/SuperMegacorp or if you click the link in the show notes below, you'll get to read why we're doing it, which I'm gonna tell you here in a minute. Kind of a goal we have, which is another surprise, a new show yes. that we want to do. In video Ooh. and audio, of course. Um, but again, you can go to patreon.com slash supermegacorp to read about that as well. So here, I want to I explain why we're doing this. Because what I don't want our listeners to think is that this is a money grab. Because it's not. Uh, essentially, Supermegacorp started when me and Dave started... Well, no. Me and Dave started recording... Masterclass January 1st, 2015, which we talked about a little bit last episode. We're getting rather nostalgic. <laughs> um, and out of that show, we realized, hey, we really like this. There are other things to talk about. We've kind of figured out most of the kinks. Why not expand what we're doing to a few other shows? And so we did that. And now we're at the point where we've recorded 80 episodes of this. I think we did 26 episodes of Mendoza line. We've got six episodes of it's a trap. And then the two shows I was doing have just run into the ground because no discipline, Dave, none. (laughs) Um, but they'll be back. They'll be back. I just decided to remove them from a weekly schedule and then they never happened, you know, out of sight, out of mind, but in review and all things neat are still, they're, they're on hiatus right now, but they'll be back at some point. And we want to add Dad College, which is the show that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And we have really high hopes for that show. And we want to make our shows the best they can be, but we never want to put our shows or the articles that we write about pro wrestling or college football behind a paywall. We never want anyone to have to pay 
to read our stuff. And we also never want to have advertisements on our shows or on our website because they make our website ugly. They interrupt the conversation in the podcast. And frankly, I think it's just a better experience for everyone involved when you can just go and enjoy the show or enjoy the article and not get pestered by Amazon for the thing you just looked at, which is creepy. <laughs> so we're doing this because we realize it's a way that we can better engage with listeners because it allows um, us to have a private place online where we can post and interact with you. Um, if you, I think if you get the $10, uh, reward. You can join our Slack group where we can chat and talk about the shows and throw ideas around and you guys can really help um, shape some of the things we do going forward. Um, and it's a great opportunity for us to have um, interaction and engagement and uh, new friendships with the people that decide our shows are worth listening to. Um, and so for that reason, we decided to do Patreon because it's opt-in on your part. You can never, you can never, ever, ever give us a dollar, and you can still listen and read every single thing that we put out, and we think that's totally cool. Yep. We we're doing this simply because there may be people that want to help us meet our monthly budget because we pay for this out of pocket, and we gladly do so. We've done it for almost two years, and we will continue to do it. But if there are some people out there that want to help us out, you know, by throwing in one, three, five bucks a month, that would be great and would be very appreciated so we want to give those folks an opportunity to do so um but please feel no pressure from us to um to give just if you want to great if not continue enjoying the shows and uh the articles and you know we still think you're awesome yes yes we do do you have anything else to add dave uh no not to that do you want me to move on to the next? Yeah, because we have something else very exciting. This is ooh, this is a fun episode. I like this. This is a fun episode. So we have a winner of our book giveaway for those of you who listened to episode eighty, and our winner is Rachel. Rachel uh, correctly identified the verse of the fleece coming from Judges six, and uh, she has stated that she would like a Dallas Willard book. Good choice. She, but she already has the Divine consp Conspiracy. So uh, we are going to send Rachel a copy of The Spirit of the Disciplines for her to read, which um, for as much as we talk about the Divine Conspiracy on our show, uh, I would say The Spirit of the Disciplines is, has a lot of um, practical applications that are fairly easy to understand. Uh, not that the divine conspiracy is not, it just can be a lot to kind of chew on and process. Yeah. And like the whole premise of the books is different. Like the divine oh, conspiracy is yes. very much a theological and philosophical kind of uh, deep dive into a lot of various topics. Whereas the spirit of the disciplines is very much laid out in like a, let's talk about this discipline and then let's talk about this. It's, it's so the, mm -hmm. yeah, the whole premise is a totally different approach, but as you said, Dallas Willard takes as he often does, uh, difficult or scary, you know, big words or ideas and makes them much more understandable. Yes. So with that said, I will read judges six, 36 through 40 for our listeners that, are interested. Then Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, 
as you have said, Behold, I am laying a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece alone, and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so, when he rose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece, he wrung enough dew from the fleece to fill a bowl with water. Then Gideon said to God, Let not your anger burn against me. Let me speak just once more. Please, let me test just once more with the fleece. Please, let it be dry on the floor only, and on the ground let there be dew. Uh, Please, let it be dry on the fleece only, and on the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night, and it was dry on the fleece only, and on the ground there was dew. So, that is the correct uh, verse that we are looking for. Uh, I would encourage you all to read uh, more about Gideon in Judges, because it is a very interesting uh, interaction between Gideon and God. And um, for those of us that have have ever just wanted God to give us a clear sign, uh, Gideon gets that. And then now, he doesn't like it, so he has to do yes. the opposite the next night. So, uh, and I, I just think it's very cool that God shows up and answers that. And, uh, clearly there's, there's much more going on than whether Gideon should date a girl or not. You know, it's, it's not one of those kinds of things or what he should do for his profession or, you know, the things that we want God to come down and give us the answers for, uh, this was about, um, well, Israel being saved. God's chosen people. So, so kind uh, of a bigger deal. A bigger deal. So please reserve the fleece test for when God has told you that you will save Israel. So other than that, just leave the fleece where it is. Yeah, don't wear fleece. So that's how I interpret that. <laughs> All like right. The modern version would be like, okay, God, it's summer. I'm going to wear a fleece jacket. Let the sweat be on the outside only. And let it be cool on the inside. I don't think that would really go too well, though. If it's a miracle, you know. I feel like that'd be a waste of a miracle. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> all right, so those are all of our announcements. Again, you can find the link to the Patreon uh, in the show notes, along with all of the other stuff, such as Judges. In our passage for today, Matthew 23, we're going to try and do 1 through 12. It's a lot, but we're going to at least try. So, since Dave, since you just read Judges, mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and read Matthew this Thank time. Thank you. You're so welcome. <laughs> All right, Matthew 23, 1 through 12. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and they lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. And they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts him, 
sorry, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. We have a phylactery sighting, Dave. Yes. It always, like, I, I hear that word, and I want to think of, like, a dinosaur. <laughs> I, I picture pterodactyls for some reason, but I know that's not correct. Yes. Pterodactyl does start with a P. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's because it starts with a P and there's an ack in the middle. <laughs> uh, so, I did put in our show notes what a phylactery is. And it is a small leather box containing Hebrew text on vellum worn by Jewish men at morning prayer as a reminder to keep the law. So it was like an Old Testament version of a WWJD bracelet? <laughs> Probably, yes. That's amazing. Yes. What other ideas can we steal for loot, Dave? Uh, Ritual cleansing, the new fad. Only $50 a cleanse. How about Jabez prayer? Oh, oh wait, no, that's, that's been done already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Jesus, forgive me if I'm <laughs> blasphemy. <laughs> Um, it so worked, it worked for me. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I guess just as an overview reading this, I get a sense of kind of knock off the outward appearances to make yourself look good. I feel, and this is probably loaded with all of the previous week's garbage. That like, I feel like this passage while not speaking directly about it is easily applicable to the American dream. Mm. Take all the bull crap and all the show and all of the ego and throw it away because guess what? You have one teacher, you have one instructor, you are all brothers. You will be humbled or <laughs> if you're humble, you'll be exalted. It's not about, it's not about how your Per perceived or um, how you're looked up to or how smart you look or how rich you look or how much power it looks like you have. Mm -hmm. It's all about your relationship with God and your understanding of that relationship being he is in charge, he is important, he is worthy of praise and majesty and glory, and we are his servant. Mm. And if you look at how the Pharisees have been behaving, yeah, what are they mad about? They're mad that Jesus is stealing their spotlight, and they try to put him in his place in front of other people so that they can make him look bad and make themselves look better and regain their position. And they fail at it time and time again. And then he calls them out here. He says, listen to what they teach, but do not. Uh, but not the works they do. Do what I say, not yeah. what I do. Do as I say, not as I do, yeah. Or, <laughs> listen to me now, understand me later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he's, he's basically acknowledging that they do have some authority. I mean, this is, you know, they're not there just randomly. It's There's kind of a lineage here in terms of history and being God's chosen people, and these are the people, you know, the descendants of... People who were appointed to these positions by God. Yeah, and it, and it, it, that is absolutely the case. And on top of that, they are teaching God's law and the prophets and the history books. And just 
because I think he's he's uh, let me rephrase this. He is here. He's also speaking to the the power of God's word, even though the teacher may be wrong in their um, application or um, maybe disconnected in the way that they live versus what they teach. As a listener, you should be so um, engaged with what's being taught that you can get past the facade for the truth. Like, um, it's like when a parent who smokes tells you not to smoke because it's bad for you. Mm-hmm. See past the fact that they're smoking and realize what they're saying is actually good, true. You shouldn't smoke. It's terrible for you. But just because they're doing it doesn't mean that, that you should too. You should listen to what they're saying mm-hmm. and ignore what they're doing because what they're saying is true and what they're acting is dumb. Mm-hmm. Was that a dumb example? No, I think it's a good example. Okay. Um, and so I, I guess my question is, is um, for us today, you and I have mentioned preachers that we maybe don't agree with. So does that apply there? Is it sort of a, as long as the gospel is preached, God be glorified? Or is there a place where it's like, no, they are preaching something that is not the gospel and instead have started saying what their ears long to hear kind of a thing? I think it's both. Okay. Because you see that with Jesus here. He calls the Pharisees out on multiple occasions, but he also tells these people, listen to what they preach, just don't do what they do. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like we have every right to call someone like Joel Osteen out or anyone who's doing prosperity gospel stuff or super, super, super like uh, like white supremacist conservatism, you know, Bible bashing, like Westboro Baptist Church or like stuff like that and say, yes, they need to be um, judged and they need to be um, disciplined. But at the same time, if the gospel is being preached, then hopefully, you know, hopefully the Holy Spirit is strong enough, which, duh, he is, you know? And so I think at that point, like, yes, you, you speak out against the, the lies, you speak out against the deception, you speak out against the hypocrisy, hypocrisy, hypocrisy. And at the same time, you have to pray for the people mm-hmm. that are doing it and those that are following it. Because, again, here, Jesus calls the Pharisees out and does so multiple times. But yet, even he says, look, they're the teachers of the law. They, they're, they're misguided, but they're still teachers of the truth. You just have to be able to see past the wrong stuff. Right. Which I think Jesus is giving these people a ton of credit. Sure. You know? I mean, I'm trying to think. When I, when I think of people that are at uh, churches that I see as uh, either unbiblical or um, just kind of seem to be there for the absolutely wrong reasons, and there's 13,000 people or whatever, my usual thought is, wow, those, all those people are brainwashed or are uh, unintelligent. or And that's like, totally the wrong response where my response should be 
to pray for them. And then to even consider that maybe some of them know what's going on isn't exactly right, but they're smart enough and in the strong enough relationship with God that they're able to see through the uh, charades and actually get to what's happening. Yes. That, that, that's actually true. So I've, I've been spending uh, time in the book of Philippians, and I'm now reminded of a second verse. Um, and I'll come back to the Philippians. But Philippians 1, um, 15. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. And so, um, you know, Paul, I'm grateful for Paul in many ways, but just here's a guy in prison that's like going, get over the hangups. Christ is being, and I need to hear, like Dave Hogue, I need to hear that of get over your hangups. The, the gospel is being proclaimed. And again, I don't, I don't want to make excuses when it is not the gospel being proclaimed. Um, because there are people speaking false messages, but ultimately if they're speaking of Christ and he is our, he is the only way to be, uh, redeemed to be, uh, allowed into heaven is accepting Christ as our savior. Then we need to rejoice in that. So personally, something I just need to be hearing and convicted of. So, yeah. So. Diving further, you know, down into the passage, he gives the reasons of why you should listen to them, but why you also should not do as they do. And uh, yes, I think that is important. Yeah, instead of just saying, leaving it at, uh, you do what they say, don't do as they do, and moving on, he says, here's why. They preach, but they do not practice. And this reminds me of James. Mm -hmm. Be a doer of the word and not just a hearer of the word. Right. Mm -hmm. Show me uh, someone who has faith and not works, and then I'll show you someone whose faith is dead. Or you know, true religion is to visit the orphans and the, and the widows and, and their affliction. Roughly, right. Um, that. And so, when I see for they preach but do not practice, it reminds me of that that double-minded person in James who looks in the mirror and then when he leaves, he forgets what he looks like, which is an odd. Uh, turn of phrase but it's it's an interesting uh thing to because who forgets what they look like you mm, know yeah which is weird because we can only ever see our faces in a mirror or a photo like you, you can't <laughs> you can't <laughs> like, like all you get to see of yourself is your nose like, <laughs> and even that you don't notice most of the time yeah well anyways so yes so do as they preach um but not as they do. And again, back to my, my earlier point where I said that Jesus is giving these people a lot of credit and expecting kind of holding them to a standard of when you hear people preach, listen to what's being said and don't just look at how they live their lives and try and model it after how they live model and live your life after what they preach. If what they preach is true. And so it's calling 
disciples of Christ to A, know what the truth is, B, know how to discern what is true and untrue, Mm -hmm. and then have the uh, backbone and the drive to see the truth through into how you live your life. And that is not easy. No. You know, there's, in, in my old age now, you know, I'm in, I'm, I'm in, I just started my third decade, Dave. No, actually, I, oh my gosh. I'm technically in my fourth decade, aren't I? I'm on the latter half of my fifth decade, so. Man. <laughs> so much wisdom here. <laughs> Kidding. Um, th- this idea that life is easy. Yeah. And no. like money makes life easier. Hmm. I th- I think that's kind of a lie. Yeah, I would agree. I think that I think that life gets more difficult the older you are. Uh you have more responsibility, you have a greater understanding of how screwed up everything is. You probably are making more money than when you were younger and mm. All I've found is that money helps me cover up my problems with nicer things. My problems don't go away. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, one of the things I, I, I actually had that idea when I was in college because I grew up in a very uh, upper middle class to upper class white suburb of Detroit. It's called Gross Point. They made a movie about it, about hitmen. It was really <laughs> funny. Um. And there's this. Have I talked about Alter Road on the show before? I feel like I have. There's this one road that separates Gross Point and Detroit. It's called Alter Road. And at one point, I can't remember what it was, what decade, it was the most racially dividing road in the country. In Detroit, not in Mississippi or Alabama or the places that you would mm-hmm. uh, guess if you were on a quiz show. Um, and this road, to the north of it, you have. You know, five hundred thousand to two million dollar homes, um, Mercedes, BMWs, Jaguars, Porsches, top notch Corvettes, Rolls Royce houses. And to the south of this road, you have burned out crack houses, cars on cinder blocks, you know, front lawns that are there mm-hmm. as opposed to perfectly manicured and in a matter of 12 to 15 feet, you go from what is essentially one of the poorest parts of Detroit to the absolute richest mm-hmm. part. Uh, and so in, in that situation, it's easy to think that money makes you a better person. Because look at what these people have and look at what those people have. Mm-hmm. And it's also easy to think, oh, well, these people are white and these people aren't. These people are are African American or Latino, mostly. And I grew up with a lot of kids that thought that, yeah, and acted that way, and didn't go into the city because it was unsafe. <laughs> and fortunately for me, I was at a church most of most of my life that was on the edge of Detroit, but had a very um, ethnically mixed and diverse um, membership. So I grew up in Awana and youth group with a lot of kids that looked like me, but also kids that didn't. And 
as I went to college and as I interned at a church later on where we were in the inner city, and I'm with 250 elementary school students, and two of them are white, and the rest are African American. You get to you get to realize they're kids. They're the same as any other kid. Mm -hmm. They want to have fun. They want to be loved, and they want to be protected. And then you meet their parents and the community members that become part of the church and bring life and vibrance to the church in a way that only diversity can. And you realize people are people. And the only true difference between us is what we can cover our issues up with. And all money lets you do is cover those issues up with nicer, shinier things. Because guess what? Rich and poor, drug addicts. Oh, yeah. Rich and poor, power hungry. Rich and poor. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm having a total brain fart. Insecure. Sure. Rich and poor. Jealous. Rich and poor. Prideful. Like it doesn't. People have the same issues. Yeah. There's still divorce. There's yeah. still sickness. There's still. There's like, abuse. Yeah. Everywhere. I mean, it's. So people are people. And yet God is telling these people to, in the midst of their hardness or the, the hardships they have, whether. Regardless of their of their race, their ethnicity, their socioeconomic standing in 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 the culture, is their family well known? Is it not? None of that applies. What he's what he's calling all those people to, regardless of that, is to say, pay attention to the truth, seek the truth out, and follow the truth. Forget the show, which is totally not what I'm used to hearing. You know no. what I mean? We we totally don't hear that. And it's and, not like, let me, I have never once heard in a sermon at the church I go to, seek out money, it'll make you closer to God. Like it's never, but you have the prosperity gospel there that God wants you to be happy, healthy, and, you know, uh, wealthy because that shows that God has blessed you. I'm trying not to. <laughs> it's bull crap. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like all of that was just, Totally like me. Like, as you said, like Dave, Cam Brennan needs to hear that, that follow the truth, seek after the truth and, and let the rest fall where it does. Yeah. It doesn't mean I, I'm going to quit my job and read the Bible all day. Cause I still have to feed my wife and feed my child. It's due in six days, <laughs> you know, and I still have to, clothe her and if she wants to go to college help her go to college and you know provide medical care like it's i'm not saying that like you just give up on life right because that's not what jesus did yeah but it is a it is a refocus of what are my energies put towards are my energies put towards keeping up with the joneses or are my energies put towards following the truth and seeking the truth out of my life. Mm -hmm. And in seeking the truth out, I'm going to interact with the Joneses, but I don't have to necessarily keep up with them. If you know what I mean? Yes. Does that make sense? I, yeah, I definitely think it makes sense. And cause I really like money. I really do. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> and I, I want more of it. Yes. But I realize, like in theory, I know that it's not going to fix my issues. And no, I realize no. that in theory, it is not going to make my life better. 
But man, is it alluring. The thing is, is I would say to an extent, it does make your life better. Because if you have, because I'll tell you this, we adopted our son from Haiti. Mm -hmm. And like on the most basic level, his hair is like, like he had bald spots because of malnutrition. Mm-hmm. And I, so, so, so yeah. there is that element of I don't want to. I, I, you, I think you would agree with this of just that it's to a certain extent you, and I think it's even in line with what you were saying. You have to have money. You have to provide. You have to have those things. So yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying poverty is a good thing. Right. What I am saying is that like. If I double my income, am I going to be significantly happier? You will not or double a, your happiness. <laughs> yeah, or, or significantly improve my, you know, uh, issues. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just going to have more money, which means I'm going to buy things I don't need. Yeah. I will say this. The one way I think money would help me be happier is I would get to travel. Yeah, I would like that. But <laughs> my point is like, I make a good, my wife and I make enough money that we have a home, we have two vehicles, we are able to to visit family in Chicago and Detroit, we are able to have savings, we're able to pay for the hospital bill for having our kid, but I don't think if we doubled our income that I would- be twice as happy. No, I wouldn't be twice as happy, I wouldn't be twice as content, I'd be more concerned. Yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully that makes... I think it does. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of thoughts that I have is, one, I'm just realizing more and more that our faith, the whole, you know, what Jesus said and how it has application on our life today, really is played out in the mundane. It is really played out in the day in, day out, going to work, providing for our family. Um you know, I, work is, is there, there's something sacred about work. You know, even before the fall, work was a part of the plan. And so, um, the, 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 I truly believe there is, there is purpose behind work in an element of glorifying God. And, um, you know, just even taking Jesus and the scriptures that we're looking at, we're talking about a three-year period in his life. There's 30 years that we don't hear about where Jesus worked as a carpenter. I mean, it was literally, for him, day after day, making things for other people. And, you know, who he is. Hard work. Yeah, came in that. He paid taxes. He earned a wage and those sort of things. And so... um. So for all of us, as much as we enjoy those divine appointments and seeing God work in our life and really just those, those big things happening, um, it's through the mundane that I think our, our, our faith is played out. The other thing that I would, I would say is, is that if you are in a workplace where you are around non-Christians on a regular basis, and you yourself are a Christian, I would hope at some point the conversation would turn to Christ. And I hope at some point your non-Christian friends, the people that you interact with, in some form or another, would acknowledge that they see something different in you. And like, I'm really not trying to make this more 
than it is because I think sometimes we sweat out the whole, well, I got to share my faith. I got to invite my friends to church. I think those are important things, uh, probably more important than even doing those things is to be praying for those people. Because if you are a Christian who is praying, who is reading the word, who is seeking after God, those moments are going to come. And I would just kindly suggest if you don't see those moments in your life, I would get before God and say, what am I doing, not doing that people don't see you in my life? And again, it's that there's that, that there's the mundane, the day in, the day out, not expecting you every day to lead somebody to Jesus every day to even talk about him. But there should be over the course of your life, people acknowledging that they see Christ in you in some way or another. Um, fruit of the spirit. Fruit of the spirit. Absolutely. Um, so, and I even think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about in terms of the, ultimately we do want to be the, those people that what we say and what we do matches up. But again, even in that, it, it, one of the things that I have just struggled with this last year is my job is incredibly stressful and particularly last year it has been. And I don't feel like when I go to work, I demonstrate joy to people. And that has just like bummed me out. Like, I'm like, God, I don't feel like I'm doing a good job of demonstrating to people joy in my life that, you know, I celebrate that my life, that my name is written in the book of heaven and uh, the book of life. And that. And it's like, I've just kind of had to learn this fact of, it's okay to be stressed out if there's a reason to be stressed out. It's okay to be grumpy if there's a reason to be grumpy. It's okay to not, like, always be the happy, smiley guy if you're not really happy, smiley. And that has been... You don't have to play church nice outside of church is what you're saying. Yeah. (laughs) And that's been hard for me um, because I feel like I'm letting God down when I'm in those moments. And I, I think God has just revealed to me that that's ultimately what his grace is about. And that it, my dependence on him and this idea of, uh, if I am always the happy smiley guy, then that probably means I'm doing it under my own power and I'm not relying on him. And so, um, just learning to be okay with things, not being, okay or not being easy or not being what I think uh, they should be and allowing him uh, to work in my life. So um, yeah, again, back to the, our words should match our actions, but there is also this, don't be that fake person either. Don't put up a fake front uh, because people will see through that and you're just going to make yourself miserable <laughs> as I think we all know if we really take a step back and evaluate it. So, yep. and you, uh, you threw in a verse to the show notes that I want to make sure that we get into the show. It's Acts 17, 11. And this is, uh, it says now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so many of them therefore believed with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. So there's an example of people that they received the teaching, they went and checked the scriptures to make sure the teaching was accurate, and then they uh, became believers based on the teaching. Mm-hmm. 
with eagerness, with eagerness, they went to scriptures. So, I've always been a big fan of the Bereans. Uh, the other verse I put on there was Philippians 2, and again, that just, I think, comes from my, I've been in Philippians here lately, of just that idea of, um, well, my thought came from originally of what we were talking about with these folks here, of, um, for they make their uh, phylacteries broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feast and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marking place and being called rabbi by others. Gosh, we haven't even gotten to all that, have we? That might have to wait for the, next, the whole rabbi teacher brothers piece. But yeah, yeah, this is definitely going to be a two parter. Um, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts him will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. That is just right there in Philippians 2 to me. And um, again, I've just wondered, what do I do out of selfish ambition, vain conceit? I don't take the position of a servant. Hardly ever. (laughs) So, uh, don't do as I say, not as I do. (laughs) You Pharisee. (laughs) You know how hard it's been for me not to say this all show my David how broad your phylactery is <laughs> it's like the biblical version of the one of the big bad wolf yeah isn't that what he says he dresses a grandma well the little red riding hood says yeah, it to the grandma go. and it's all the better to see you with yeah and all the better yeah, the big bad wolf is the huff and puff hear you yeah. with and I meant little red riding hood yeah <laughs> all the better to memorize more scripture with yes and again, Man. I you know we've we've even talked about that liturgy, you know those kinds of things bring us back to Christ and help us when we don't know what to say, but when they get elevated to that position of being more important than the actual relationship, that's where it just it falls apart. I've been uh, I've been thinking, and I might just do it right now, of trying to find. Um, the like liturgical calendar or uh like a book that like the daily book of prayer that like lays out like mm-hmm. and just trying to work through that as a crutch right now because i need it you know yeah to get me back into uh regular um because like my my tendency is this don't read the bible for a while don't really pray hit it super hard for like a week and then go, this is exhausting. Who has, you know, and then right back to the, yeah, I'm going to play video game instead. Like, it's so, it's like, you know, addict style. Yeah. Just nothing, 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 everything, nothing. And I feel like if I can just like have something that, that literally I can just flip open and it's going to say, focus on this one to five verses. Here's a suggested prayer based on that. Mm-hmm. I I could use something like that to greatly um, improve my communication with God mm-hmm. and my contact with the Holy Spirit. Because I know my history, and my history says, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's like working out at the gym. We work out twice a week. I show up because my boss drives me to the gym. The trainer tells me what to do, and then my boss drives me home. <laughs> That's the only way I'm going to work out. Yeah. Is when I literally have no responsibility other than to lift the things. 
Kind but of like that, a fireman. But that worked. <laughs> oh, boy. Dave's a cop. Have we told you that? <laughs> they get paid to work out. But kinds of things. I know me, and that's the only way I'm going to be, and I hate to even use the word discipline, because it's not discipline. Literally, it's like, here, let us, let us do this, everything but the actual lifting or throwing or pushing of things. Um, and I feel like I need that in my life spiritually so that I am being reminded of the truth and being shown the truth and being taught the truth and being reminded that my focus should be on that and not on all of the bull crap that it, my attention wants mm-hmm. to drift to because it's shiny and I'm like a goldfish and I have to go find out what it is. <laughs> and then you walk away and forget. Yeah. So that being said, next week I might have a follow up because Amazon free two day shipping. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything you want to say before we close? And we'll we'll pick this section back up next episode for sure because there's still a lot to talk about. Yes. Um, no, I think I'm good. I appreciate everybody listening to us ramble. Hopefully, there's some nuggets in there. God <laughs> uses us. Yep, he uses broken, messed up people, Dave. Good. Then we're in. Yep, we qualify. <laughs> All right, that's it for episode 81, guys. Thank you so much. Remember. Show notes, supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 81. There's links to all the scriptures we talked about, what phylacteries are in case you've forgotten and are eager to remember, and uh, a Patreon link as well for you to check that out. You can you can talk with us on Twitter because it's still a thing, and I think it still might be a thing. Yeah. All the talk is that it's not going to get sold. Oh. Dave is at 10-8-H-B-O, T-E-N, the number 8-H-B-O, and I'm at Cam Brennan. And you can email us, hello at Supermegacorp, if you want to, you know, send us something really long. Yes. We eagerly await whatever it is that you send us. (laughs) Hopefully not laser cats. All right. I'm killing (laughs) this show now. Bye. Bye.